This is Consumed, the podcast that sparks conversations with eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers across California, and especially at its heart, the Central Coast. I'm your host, Jamie Lewis, a freelance food and drink writer based in San Luis Obispo. It's tough not to adore Nathan Long, the restaurateur behind Nate's on Marsh in San Luis Obispo. He is warm, welcoming, and personable. You know how restaurants always say that they treat their guests like family? That really is the case at Nate's. I interviewed him at the restaurant because the interior of the place is just remarkable. Picture a cross between like a 70s-era country club, a spaghetti western, and a Ralph Lauren ad, all covered in emerald wallpaper. I know, I know, it makes no sense, and yet when you see it, it works indisputably well. We talked about Nathan's upbringing here in San Luis Obispo, his background in agriculture, and his affinity for a meatball and a Manhattan. Here's my friend Nathan Long of Nate's on Marsh. P.S., for pictures of the restaurant's interior, get on the Instagram feed at Nate's on Marsh. So I was asking you earlier, do you go by Nate or Nathan? And you never answered me. I know. It's a good, I get that question a lot. I've, it, both. Depends if I've been in trouble or not. (laughs) My mom calls me, and I I was thinking about this again. She calls me Nate. She's a short, short version. Um, I think I prefer Nathan because that's my actual name. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, people say, what's your name? It's it's, it's actually Nathan. So I introduce myself as Nathan. But you go by Nate's on Marsh. Yep. It had a better ring. Again, thanks to my mom. She was the one that kind of said, maybe we should just call it Nate's on Marsh. It just had more of that, like, you know, quicker ring to it. I love it. Versus Nathan's on Marsh. I don't know if that would really work, you know. Gosh, I have so many questions for you because your place really it begs for questions not i'm just because it's so specific there's a very specific niche look and feel to this place it's not like any other place oh thank you oh my gosh take that as a compliment you should it's absolutely wonderful but i see i i think i can intuit that like the color and the design and like the ranching style and then there's definitely like an italian thing going on here these are all parts of you i would guess it's really interesting because people that's another question it's like i i don't know you know, people say like how'd you come up with this concept and it's like i think it started really just at that it's like kind of what was tumbling around from years mm-hmm. of wanting to do my own project um at heart i'm really a traditionalist so this mm-hmm. house was the first like jump off point obviously as soon as i knew that this was the place yeah and they kind of was just like a tumbleweed from there yeah and then the food and like Italian aspect, that was kind of just its natural inhabitants here. It's been an Italian restaurant since 82. <laughs> Gennaro. Right. It's been more than one Italian right. restaurant. <laughs> and Venuti's, Gennaro's Garden and Grill. Yeah. So from a business perspective and kind of understanding what would work best mm-hmm. without fully reconceptualizing, I yeah. kind of really just leaned into the Italian heritage, which was here. Yeah. So that kind of drove the menu. A lot of my experience from the Bay was with an Italian chef, Joseph Manzari. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of a natural fit. And then really more of this kind of spaghetti cowboy. I've coined the personality, this Western side of it, which I think actually goes for our community, which was, you know, it it really is fitting because I grew up riding, raising pigs. Mm -hmm. um, And so for me, it was just bringing my personal touch to all of that. And to be honest, I had no idea if it would work, but I think it does. It does work. It does. And <laughs> it's kind of crazy, though. It's like... No, 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 no. I mean, 
Look, when we come and eat somewhere, we're really not just eating, right? We are absorbing an ambiance. We feel comfortable and safe. And um, this place definitely is unlike any other around here, but it does feel warm. I think that the fact that it's in a house. That's, and that was a huge driver for me. Yeah. You know, psychologically, why we love to eat and dine and go out and do all that stuff. It's, it is, it's community, it's friends, it's family. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's any important holiday is around the dinner table or breakfast table, right? Easter or Christmas or Christmas Eve, all that stuff. Right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, for me to have a place that had that feeling where Mm -hmm. you could come and sit for three hours and have your girlfriends here and catch up on whatever gossip was the latest or, you know, a first date or a last date, you know, I still (laughs) wanted to feel really safe and intimate and and like a a great place to break up with. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Not jarring. I know. Yeah, no, it would be like an easy letdown, I think. Yes, exactly. Just look at the wallpaper. If they had to stay and hang out by themselves, I think they would feel really welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about this wallpaper. Where did it come from? How'd you find it? How'd you decide to do the whole thing in it? It is uh, pretty crazy, actually. So in the other room, which is right behind us, that is kind of what drove all of it. Yeah. It's a Schumacher. which is just, it, it spoke to me. It's I like think a sheen was. Yes, exactly. Kind of Sorry. Thank you. Yes, exactly. And I saw that from Ken Folk, one of my favorite designers. He has a lot of restaurants in gosh, all over Miami, New York, mm-hmm. LA. Um, and he had had a project that used this wallpaper and mm-hmm. it was paired with something really geometric. And so that was kind of my initial, what do you say? Kind of inspiration. Yeah. And so, um, when we got the the value of that one just <laughs> because I knew I really wanted something special. And I think when you, you know, when you have something like that, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go pick out the more geometric for the lounge here. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, supply shortage. It was out until 2027. That's what it felt oh, like. Gosh, no, honestly, it was like three years out or something. So then, um, Ann Fortini is a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so she helped source. I was, I mean, I was like literally Googling, like, where do you purchase wallpaper in San Luis? You know, she's a fantastic interior designer. And so she has, of course, all my favorites, Ralph Lauren, Schumacher, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All the big greats. So is this Ralph Lauren? This one is not, but it has that vibe. Yes. That's kind of what we were trying to do. Right. Mm -hmm. More polo club. Yes. Polo bar. New York is one of our first stops whenever we go. Yeah. So I thought it was too tropical. I like even remember telling her, my mom, you know, we were raised with Tommy Bahama. And so I was like, did not, well, I was like slightly scarred of making sure we didn't go. Love totally you, mom. Scarred. It's amazing. But I just didn't want it to be like tropical. I really wanted it more. You don't polo. want it to be like a beach thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but she swore. So then she really kind of pulled this one out of like a whole lot. We kind of went back and forth and I was like, I don't know. Long story short, I ended up buying a roll and we just hung one roll up and I was like, okay. Sold. And then this room now has become, I think, my favorite. Just love this room. I think too, because of juxtaposition with the actual art, yeah. the art, it's, yes, it's a little it's, bit more chaotic, but then yeah. the really calming art, just again, the juxtaposition between the two, it, yeah. it works. Well, and I don't mean this, uh, I mean no offense when yeah. I say this, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't. And yet it is the most perfect, like it, it just, you're so right. The art and the way that these pieces are framed. So for the listener, yes. I mean, they're, they're these, it's cowboy art, but it's frameworks. kind of, it, what is it? Frameworks. For, oh, we they do such Allie. a good yeah, job. She's so great. But it's like this very, um, obviously professionally framed, yep. beautiful cowboy images with, with, professional lighting above and then on this green i mean there's only three tones on this wallpaper yep. there's a light green a dark green and a white 
tropical print. And it's it's interesting because honestly, the green paint was at Gennaro's. He, oh, this was always so here. I did not in, in inside. No, but he had a few windows. I don't. I think it might have mm. been these mm-hmm. uh, on the outside only. And yeah. I remember looking at it, going, "God, I think that's the green I want." I just it was already hear me. So all these things kind of kept lining up. Yeah. In terms of not really having any major red flags, and so same thing. He brought a sample in to match it. Actually, we had some samples here, and so mm-hmm. the, the paint guys came and did like a couple of the trims. I was like, "God, that's the color." And then even the down to the seats, I recovered, yes. and the I mean, it all. Like they all just kind of went naturally together. It's I mean, so I didn't, beautiful. I didn't really plan much. It was very kismet how it all aligned. Yeah. So Tell me about this bar. I was scared that I will not what? lie. I will, I will not joke. Of course you were terrified. Once, once we got all the wallpaper, when they first started painting out the wallpaper up, I was like, shit. Yeah, I don't of course. Know. I said, did we do, is it too much? And then <laughs> it just, you kind of, when you add, kind of break it up with these more peaceful, yes. you know, I just, and like I said, the gold really softens it up, yeah, kind of it breaks does. it up. So. But you've got to lean in. I know. Well, if like, you if had only done a little bit, it wouldn't have been right. Well, and you, I mean, I think you know me well enough to know if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. Yeah. So to have awesome. like, you know, right. It was like when in doubt, I was like, just make it green. Literally, I was like, just make it green. <laughs> and so here we are. So green isn't like a special color for you or anything. No, it was honestly, it was just, like I said, after kind of seeing that project that Ken had done and mm-hmm. then having the green paint kind of already here, it, it just kind of went blues yeah. honestly my favorite color so mm. i know a lot of people think it's green but it's just not yeah you're typecast now yeah, for life i know how does a kid who grows up raising pigs yeah <laughs> wind up visiting polo bar whenever he's in new york oh so lucky i know we've got it's i've always loved to travel yeah you know i've been so fortunate with some of my corporate jobs to afford me you know the luxury of basically traveling the world mm-hmm. uh, so tanamer and antle was a company i worked for prior to moving back home to the central coast after cal poly um world's largest lettuce house primarily. what's the name of it again tanamer and antle oh wow! great yeah great uh family farming company um they kind of rebooted in the 80s george tanamera um Japanese man that started the company with them. I think he was like 70 something at the time Mm -hmm. and went into partnership um, with the Antles, Mm -hmm. um, Oklahoma family, kind of more on the farming side, uh, or excuse me, more the business side. The um, Tanamura's were on the farming side. Mm -hmm. Really cool story there because the Antles actually saved the Tanamura's land during the war when they were forced into internment camps. Oh my gosh. So they, they forged this relationship, like a really true I know it gives me goosebumps still to this day, yeah. like their relationship and, and what they stand for up there. So I worked for them for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, you know, and working with them, I mean, they were doing the London produce show. They were doing the New York produce show. They were doing, you know, all these great, great shows. They were just, you know, um, a, a leader in terms of the produce industry. What's a produce show? I know you go there and you look at produce equipment, you look at new products. I know you, from the commodity side, it's like, what, what new products are there? But there is artisan lettuce, you know, baby romaine, you know, yeah. all these little, little things that they are trying to innovate in terms of your core produce. So it Dude, was I, for, I want to go to the produce yeah, show. It, for me, it was really interesting. Um, <laughs> wow. and then they opened a wharf marketplace um, which was this little market downtown Monterey because mm-hmm. their headquarters were in Salinas. And they brought me on. So I was working more in the sales and marketing office. And I think they saw my passion. I had retail. I worked at, you know, Nordstrom for years and mm. um, really a marketing passion. And so they, they said, well, do you want to help re- kind of rebrand and reopen this marketplace? And I said, yeah, of course. Sounds amazing. Mm. And then that's what took us to London. We got to go to Borough Market. We went to Seattle, Pike's Place, yes. right? 
Chelsea Market, New York, to kind of quote unquote market research. <laughs> it's like, sure, why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it was an amazing opportunity. And it really then I think sparked me to kind of hone in on what my passion was. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I got re-triggered of like, I like the end consumer. Speaking yeah. with the guests, getting yeah. their guest experience, you know. So after Tanamura and Anto coming back to Apio, we did a ton of market research and consumer preference testing and all of that, but it just felt so distant because I'm totally reading distant. a survey from some, you know, one across the country that I have no idea who, you know. Is Appio like a focus group? It Appio, formerly Appio, I should have corrected that. Yeah, it's actually Curation Foods now. Okay. So it was um, a local gentleman started it back in the 70s, again, more on the commodity side, mm-hmm. but value added. So pre-cut unwashed vegetables, broccoli, yeah. cauliflower, green beans. Right, I'm very grateful that. for that. By yeah, the way. I know. It's great. And <laughs> yeah. then they went more into um, the salad kit category. Mm-hmm. So it has your pre-cut and washed veg base, toppings, dressing, nuts, yeah. all of that, right? Yeah. Um, which got me closer to the consumer because they were more positioning themselves as like a CPG company. Yeah. So we're actually doing consumer marketing yeah. versus Tana Mernantel, which was really trade focused because yes. commodity only, right? So we were just literally doing trade shows and um you're like the distribution just, right, level exactly yeah, yeah. and like the big like cisco and the big guys right yeah. and then appio was kind of fun because it was more excuse me curation foods uh, more consumer focused yep. so yep i loved it but then again there was like that missing piece of it wasn't quite close enough you're not and talking to we're not talking consumer, right yeah. and and we would in doing so we would always come back to the restaurants and the chefs like yeah. what are they doing in terms of um creating new recipes or flavor profile trends, right? Like all this right. stuff that's coming about, who's really leading the way? It's always restaurants and chefs. Yes, right. Um, and then when you're kind of trapped with working with, you know, dare I say, but the big guys, Costco, Walmart, whatever, yep. it's like they, it's hard for them to take those like um, risky leaps. For sure. Because for them, it's, it's a numbers game, which as it should be. But for me, it's like I knew this was a place that I could kind of express my creative helm. And, and you mean of, here? We, in yeah, the here and in the restaurant, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about, well, so you grew up here. Is that slow or were you in North yep. County? South Born and raised in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Both mm. my folks went to high school here. Mm. That's actually their high school sweethearts. Mm. Yeah. My mom went to mission, um, class of 72, but in 1970, I believe it closed down. I'm not sure for what reason. What closed down? Mission. Oh yeah. I, really? I, I've told people it's from a funding issue but i have no idea i think it was for a couple of years well they they, came roaring back they definitely came roaring back yes but all the kids from um that were going to school they were transferred to the high school so that's then where she married dad yes if that hadn't happened i know (laughs) we might not be here look at that yeah so uh my family's always been you know from here i was one that really wanted to pursue kind of my own um destiny i guess so i i Mm -hmm. aggressively finished Cal Poly when I kind of realized it was time to finish. With ag then, business, is that yeah, where you went? Yeah, ag okay. business, yep, emphasis in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I actually met the Antles, because Tony Antle was an uh, adjunct professor there teaching a marketing oh, class. Oh, nice, yeah. So we just, we kind of all spiraled from Cal Poly. Yeah. Yeah, and so I moved away for a little bit, but I kind of always find yourself, you know, coming back home, yep. particularly when you get to a certain age and family and all that stuff kind of, you start, you know, realizing that, or even like green grass in the city. It's like, where's the grass? Like no one has grass here. Oh my gosh. My husband, when we lived yeah. in San Francisco, he's like, where are the trees? Yeah. And San Francisco is a greener Gorgeous. city than most. Yeah, yeah. But still, like, where are the trees? So yeah. we moved out to Berkeley to give him a tree fix. Oh, yeah. And then 
four months later, we're like, slow. We got to go back to slow. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Slow is gold for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you live in the Bay Area, you said, at one point? So after high school, I moved to Santa Barbara for like two years just to get kind of jumpstart and get away. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, of course, it's like I think everyone's kind of classic and your reaction just to get out of town. Yep. It uh, wasn't quite far enough. Again, mm-hmm. mom, love you. I kept kind of just showing up. Like, we went to Nordstrom today. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Which is where we shopped, yes, right? When, exactly. when you were lucky enough to go to Santa yes, Barbara. Yes, yes, So um, I lived there for about two years. And then, like I said, just realized it wasn't quite big enough, wasn't mm-hmm. quite far enough. So I moved to San Francisco. And then I was there for, gosh, seven, almost eight years. Wow. Yeah, 2000 and let's see what that'd be. Like, two, I graduated in 02 or my class of 02. So 2004 till 2010 mm-hmm. 11 and working for these companies these bigger companies. yeah well I started um, I had some startup um, experience there mm-hmm. doing a couple like again when you kind of first move to the city it's got to get this big job and do all this you know what I did. corporate yeah, yeah. And then again, I guess my heart always drove me into it. it wasn't the direction I really ultimately wanted to be mm-hmm. or wanted to go in. So I ended up finding myself working for Joseph Manzari. He's the yeah. one that was him and his wife, Mary Klingbeal, had, um, gosh, three or four amazing restaurants in San Francisco proper. Yeah. Um, he started Zupa, which is the one that is like my favorite, Ethan Brandon, I'll never forget. Yeah. Soma, it was so good. Yeah. Kind of classic Italian, but he did things just such a different such a different way yeah. and a lot of the inspiration to this menu here is from him because I, I see the menu here tell me if I'm wrong but yep. I see it as very Italian American like you know it's got maybe I'm wrong about that but I in, say contemporary American with Italian spirit okay I think we air more on the I mean there's a house made American cheeseburger right right do you have arancini on the on the menu I can't remember no. something like that okay so no. it really is it's like don't you have a plate of spaghetti and meatballs though we do have a spaghetti and meatball which is singular, one of my which is large ba- yes. oh one giant it's meatball one giant meatball <laughs> and that's where I think the contemporary American side like really yes. shows through as well it's we're doing like the traditional flavor profiles that we know and love yep. and want to eat over and over again but I yeah. think the delivery is just a little bit I don't even want to say ele- I mean it is elevated in my opinion but I just think updated Yes. Instead of getting like your classic, you know, they're usually smaller and whatnot. Yeah. So we have one large one. Yes. I mean, a lot of people come and just get the meatball. How much does so, that one meatball oh weigh? Oh my gosh. It's like eight ounces when all said and done. <laughs> After it's cooked, I know. It's a technical question. We should probably confirm with Libri, but it's <laughs> it's it's very shareable. And yes. so it's actually more on the appetizer, you know, starter side. Yep. Because it can be split two or three ways. Yeah. But we do have a pomodoro spaghetti or meatball option. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. I was going to ask you earlier, this bar, if you haven't seen this bar and the wine library, um, it is so beautiful. But it's petite. I mean, part of the charm, I think, of this restaurant is that you didn't take any walls down. No, we didn't. Structurally, that's, you know, we didn't didn't change anything. I mean, it was all here. And that's, I think, the beauty for me, too. Again, coming back to why this space was so important is... When you talk in terms of um, a turnkey operation, mm-hmm. you know, Gennaro had been doing it for 30, 40 years, yeah. you know, so he really has it dialed in in terms of what seats are actually comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. what, and so for me, a lot of, I took a lot of what was here and just kind of updated it. Yeah. So the bar, I call it the airplane bar. It feels like you're in like an airplane. I mean, it's, if you guys, yeah, if you could see, I, I literally do not fit behind the bar. I love it. Because it I is the airplane to, bar. I have to duck to get in. 
you really, I'd be called to shoot once you're in there. It's like the, the writing shoot, right? The bull's about to get let go. It's <laughs> there's, you just can't two people back there is, is too, too many. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just one, one person. Yep. I typically have one person on a really crazy busy night. I do have like a bar support that will help kind mm-hmm. of polish and check in, but uh, it's really built for one person. It's so good. And certainly not me. I've tried. I've been back there many times. How tall like are you? Nathan? Six five. Yeah, yeah you so don't you don't go you, back. Yeah, there. you can see it. It's it's fairly small. But to your point, I think that adds to the character. Yeah. And it's super cozy and cute, and people love you know love coming here. I do you know the architect in town, George Garcia? Are you aware of him at all? He's such a wonderful architect. Maybe. Well, he uh, I think he's almost totally retired now. But there was a time I did a story on him. His home is really wonderful but his wife was very clear her name's april she's just phenomenal oh she, april garcia oh my gosh they're customers of ours of she course they april. are april i was like wait that's of course they're yes. just like the most beautiful couple she has exactly such great taste no wonder she's oh, in here gosh, all the time. of course she once told me so their home has defined like a defined sitting room it yep. has a defined kitchen it has a defined dining room and I did a story on their home one time for a magazine and she said, you know, we are not open concept people. Yeah. That is a big, I mean, how many people do you know who own their home and don't have an open concept? It's very rare um, because it's so, it's so popular, but she said, really, it doesn't work for us. We like to have, we don't like to entertain big groups of people. We like to have a, maybe a couple or two couples over sit in the sitting room, chat. She said they use it all the time. But to have defined spaces like it is in here is really kind of unusual. You think about Novo, you think about Giuseppe's, you know, these wonderful places, but they're really open. There's something very intimate about here. And that's was, I don't know, I don't know if I would call it a challenge, but it it certainly is challenging Mm -hmm. because it's just not, in terms of efficiency, it's not, it was not set up to be an efficient, (laughs) easy you know, even just getting around server-wise or even guests looking for the restroom. I mean, yeah. we had a woman last night kind of looking around like, where do I go? I was you that know, woman so once. It's yeah. A, yeah, no, and yeah. which is, I again, I think it adds, once you've been here once or twice or, or you know, again, the host is kind of guiding it. It really is, it's a beautiful experience, but it, it doesn't make for easy service all the time, yeah. particularly on a really crazy, busy, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Which <laughs> nights are you open, Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 got its challenges, but again, I don't know if I would have it any other way because I think for me, and I as you know, April would say and agree, mm-hmm. to me this is much more of a um, uh, intimate experience, which I really yeah. enjoy. I want to take a second to talk about a couple friends of the Consumed podcast, like Midstate Containers. My contact at Midstate is Jake Knotts, and I have his permission to share about something going on with him personally. Jake lived in Ukraine for many years, and he married a Ukrainian national, his wife Anya. They live on the Central Coast now with their three kids, but when Russia invaded Ukraine last February, Jake was right back there, helping his friends, acquaintances, strangers, and even their pets to escape. Since that time, he and Anya have worked with a team of very capable folks to start a nonprofit called Restore UA, which seeks to organize, fund, and execute relief efforts in Ukraine. Jake is still on the ground in Eastern Europe, coordinating with people here on the Central Coast to fill containers from Midstate with humanitarian aid and ship them to Restore UA's headquarters in Poland. 
Every dollar donated to Restore UA goes straight to humanitarian relief efforts for Ukraine. They even have people sewing bulletproof vests for soldiers fighting Russian forces. It's incredible. The organization is starting to fill up more containers as I speak, and they could really use your financial support. To make a donation and learn more, visit RestoreUA.org. Thank you. Do you want to be more intentional about the meat you eat and feed your family? Have you even considered giving up eating meat entirely because you can no longer justify supporting the inhumane and industrialized system that brings meat to your dinner table? If you're looking for a simple way to guarantee you always have access to healthy, sustainably farmed meat and wild seafood, the Larder Meat Co. is here to help. Since 2016, Larder Meat Co. has been delivering farm-raised beef, pork, chicken, lamb, and wild seafood sourced from right here in the Golden State to customers who demand the highest quality proteins as well as intentional sourcing standards and transparency. A convenient club box from Larder Meat Co. makes it easy to automate the most important part of your monthly food budget. You can build a custom box or choose from one of the many curated bundles that LMC offers. As a Larder Meat Co. customer, you are supporting the ever-dwindling ranching industry that has fed us for generations, and you're building a sustainable future for your family, our ranchers, and the planet. Use code CONSUMED at checkout to save $25 on your first subscription and check healthy farm-raised meat and wild seafood off your grocery list for good. That's LarderMeatCo.com, promo code CONSUMED for $25 off your first subscription. Consumed is sponsored by Slow Life Magazine, a lifestyle publication that celebrates life and culture in San Luis Obispo, California. I write the food column for Slow Life, and I'm actually going out tonight to cover the new restaurant, Cult, for the magazine. I'm going to meet up with photographer Jess Lerner and owners Nino and Cher Ang, and we're going to eat, chat, and snap, and I can't wait. To make sure you see the final product when it comes out, get yourself a subscription at slowlifemagazine.com. Don't get me wrong. I love a, a fast pace, kind of more open, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Concept, oh, we love all of them. Yeah, we love yes. them all. Exactly. Yeah. But for me personally, like mm-hmm. I said, at heart, this is kind of what I'm like, you know, this is what I love. Yes. So yeah, it, feel, it felt really good for me. And then I think I had to kind of just take a leap of faith and trust. You know, obviously Gennaro had been running, operating a restaurant here for, like I said, again, you know, two very successful restaurants. So yep. yeah, I think, um, I think it works. Yeah. I think a lot of people that do enjoy it, really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. There's a feel on the menu. I just mean like in the typeface and the colors that you've mm-hmm. chosen that is, it's super duper reminds me of in Santa Maria, what used to be the Santa Maria club, which I say, is it country club ish? Cause that is a vibe, that but it's love. a Western yeah. country club for sure. It's like, um, like, you know, that you can get beef there, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but it's got, yes, you somehow nailed it. Who did the, the, yeah. The logo and Adam all of that. Turpening when I oh, yes. you know him yeah, yeah he's so wonderful he does Ember yeah 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 he's a really really incredible guy and I literally sent him I mean working in marketing and kind of brand charging all that I sent him pretty clear mm-hmm. kind of scope of work that I wanted and even I had the colors picked and the fonts and you know most of it dialed yeah but when you're so personal to it yeah. it's like I need I needed to pass it off because it was going to take me I probably still wouldn't have it finished I was working on it yeah <clears throat> so he really took what literally was in my brain and put it on paper I mean we we went back if Adam's listening several the palm trees several versions of the palm trees <laughs> but we finally <laughs> got them and um, if you notice in the logo I'll give you a bit postcard you can yeah. see um, 
I wanted the palms just right, and he, he nailed it. So, yeah, he took yeah, he's good. he took what I wanted. And I think, you know, it's really, like I said, it's kind of hard to articulate because I think what happened with this place is it's really, it's just so me. It's so you, so yes. So in terms of, you know, I'm from the area. Like I said, my parents got married at the Madonna Inn, so a lot of people have said, like, it's almost like the male version of Madonna Inn. I mean, I and can it, see it, yeah. But that's, like, it makes sense because, like, we go there for our birthdays every year. Right. So, like, to have, you know, my folks, Alan, my mom's husband, golf the country club. We're down there, you know, have dinner there. So it's, like, all these things I've kind of known that are close and near to me, it's, yeah. like, all part of this place. But right? it doesn't feel inaccessible here yeah. the way that maybe something, like, like, for me, it's a little scary walking into Polo Bar. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, yes, my martinis are not $75 also. Yes, I for the record. That's why I get scared going there. It's like, we'll make sure you bring the right company, right? Who's and, paying the and bill? And the right cash, <laughs> yes. exactly. Who's yes. The bill? No, this feels accessible. Um, yeah. One last thing about design. Sure. I'll probably bring it back up, but... The back, if if nobody's ever parked in the parking lot. Oh yeah, thank the you. The back wall. Oh, I know they're the best. That <laughs> canned pineapple, Buddy and but Shelby. Okay, so for the listener, it says you're the best you're in the like best. this red script. It's massive. Yep. It's huge. Okay, do you say that all the time? Is that That's why it's your like thing? That's kind of like a kitschy little thing that you're I just best. say. Yeah, you're the best. I like <laughs> used to sign emails with it, and it's just. You know, some people didn't take it as sincere, but it is something that, oh, I you know, believe it, yeah. yeah. So um, it's part of our logo. It was kind of like an offshoot of just like more fun social things we can play with. Yes. And then I really wanted it somewhere. I didn't know where it was going to go, like on the awning or, you know, not in here. I knew with the wallpaper. And so. Oh, it's perfect. Right I almost there. put it on the sidewall here to really kind of show when people drive by, but the windows were here. So the backside I couldn't really do. And then I said, you know what? It's going to be for all my delivery guys. They come back, so now whenever everyone comes back there, and it's like, you know, and when when guests leave, it's kind of like that's the back, so it's almost like yeah. you come in the front. A lot of guests do park back there, so it's kind of like. I know, saw it from like a, High Gera. I was walking over there. I think okay. yesterday, I had to pick my car up at the shop, and I was walking down and through the crack in oh, the buildings, saw I saw you're the best, okay, and it was good. like it jarred yes. me. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very no, cool. It's a fun little. Um, it's just a fun little touch, yep. you know? Yeah. So yeah. talk to me about Libri. How did you oh, yeah. come to meet him? He is, um, gosh, I know it's kind of slightly embarrassing, but Craigslist, he, no. and maybe not. Yeah. I'd put some ads out. Um, and he, I think because he had worked here previously, mm. um, in central coast mm -hmm. that he was kind of looking to come back to this area. And so he happened to apply back to that ad, which yeah. I know out of all the, uh, culinary agents and like other places I was searching even San Francisco and LA because right. I really knew for me food I love food and I've been in the industry but I by all means I'm not a chef yeah and I love to cook at home but mm -hmm. personally cooking in your kitchen is very different than running a commercial kitchen yeah. so I knew that was a really important role that I needed to fill mm. more on like a partnership level that really someone that would understand what I'm trying to do yeah. not only immediately but long term so um, we just hit it off. He, I actually had, um, and he knows the story, but I had a chef that actually fell through. Mm. Um, prior to him, I hadn't seen his resume and, and whatnot and something with COVID. I think there's some family illness, whatnot. He ended up backing out. Mm -hmm. So then of course, this is too much for us to open. I two literally, I'm like, months. you know, do, can we beep on here? I was like, shit, I need a chef. <laughs> and I remember like getting his email and I'd like seeing oh. it and remember like Thomas Hill, he worked at Thomas Hill Organics yes. before. Mm -hmm. So I pulled it up. And I called him and literally we had like a two hour conversation and he just was super 
relaxed and super chill and obviously if you can censor me i have a very kinetic energy yeah and he was very calming and was just on board with everything i wanted he really believed in the concept even when asking him before i think he saw my menu ideas like what his kind of dream menu would be and it was really aligned to what we're doing here you know like so he's done work in LA and in Vegas and, and all that. So I think to have, I mean, we really aligned on, on so many things. Yes. So it was really like, it just felt perfect. I hired him sight unseen. Wow. Yeah. Was he living out of the area when you first talked to him? Yeah. Okay. He, and uh, he wanted to come yep, back. He wanted, he was okay. kind of contemplating between here and back to LA. He had done some work in LA before. Oh, he, not just some work, right? I mean, yeah, he's got a pretty impressive resume, which homie, I love. like he he's served, he things. cooked for the Grammys, he cooked yes. for the Emmys, he's cooked for the Oscars. He's worked for super massive, large catering companies. Um, he's cooked for Bill Clinton before, right? So he's got definitely the experience that I knew I wanted and needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like I said before, he came up. He was working for a large catering company down in LA and they were starting to do work up here, mm-hmm. a lot of wineries. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how he got introduced to Central Coast. Yeah. Um, I think one of the first wineries they did, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, was Lone Madrone. Mm-hmm. Because he's got a good connection with, I think his name is Neil up there. Yes. One of the wine, yeah, uh-huh. winemaker, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he just fell in love with the area. Mm-hmm. And so I think after COVID, um, coming back here was. I think ideally probably what he really wanted versus like the big city. Yes. And so yeah, when this opportunity came, I think he was, you know, equally as excited and said, yeah. let's go. So. Um, what was it like opening a restaurant during COVID? Oh my gosh. I know the beginning uh, we did it. We flipped this place in like five weeks. Oh my so gosh. that was like, you know, for me, because you did all the, all of the yes, interior, it, everything in five weeks. It, it, it really worked out. That's, I, I mean, I keep kind of pinching myself because we got to this point so quickly, yeah. like with really no major, major hiccups, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I was working on, you know, business plan, kind of design all that stuff in the back end, and just kind of kept chugging along. Mm-hmm. Felt so bad for the, the contractors. Cause I was like, Oh, like next week we'll be, we'll get the keys. Oh, you know, maybe two more weeks, but I had them all just basically queued up yeah. ready to go. So literally when we actually got the keys, I mean, I had a guy here the next day, 7.30 a.m. doing whatever he was. Yeah. Like scraping the ceiling or like, something. Honestly, we we took, you know, no rest for the weekend. Yeah. So, and then it just, I mean, I'd like to say it's my project management skills. But <laughs> oh, yeah. it really was, I mean, we I had it pretty buttoned up. Like, yeah. you know, one right after another with really no days in between. So just kept going in a pandemic. I mean, people yeah. were getting well, sick. and that's the thing too. We weren't open to the public yet. So yeah. I initially wanted to open earlier. Mm. I think June and July, I was going to try to carry this more summer wave, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a blessing that it got delayed because we kind of went back into that second Omicron resurgence yeah, yeah. And, and all of that. So we opened in the middle of the holiday season, which was good from like a sales perspective, yes. but you know, yeah. Oh, it's tough no matter yeah. what. What's Excuse it been me. like going from, I mean, becoming a restaurateur is yeah. hard work. I would, I, I've never done it, but it seems like it'd be a pretty major shift, just, you know, a paradigm shift for it you. Is. What's that been like? It's honestly, you really can't prepare yourself. I know I keep com- kind of comparing it to like children. I would say, you know, my mm. sister-in-law has four kids, Emily long, Emily long. She's the best queen, but <laughs> it's like, how do you prepare yourself for kids? You know, I don't, you can't really, you just no. kind of go. Yeah. And I think I knew, like I said, working, working the corporate business prepped me for a lot of things, but mm-hmm. still there's still, you know, I went from having two or three reports to 
like 25 kids is what it felt like 30 yes. kids you know yes. and all of their well-beings and their paychecks and, and and all of that stuff which it's an immense pressure that i don't think anyone's really prepared for no. you know it's running payroll every two weeks is a very scary thing yeah so there's no real way to prepare there, for that there really isn't that. yeah but you know it's it's also that's an opportunity you know mm. such a, a a beautiful new arena to learn in yeah and you're a local yeah and you have a lot of friends and i just i mean i remember when you opened it was there was a real buzz about it people loved you already yeah. and were supportive and um you know that kind of wave can it can trail for a long time which is great um yeah but you know then they I'm sure start coming back because of yeah. the food and the yeah exactly. not just for you but for everything yeah and that's that was I think for me you know even putting my name on the sign I was like how did I shoot myself in the foot with that of course I love being here I'm here almost every single day yeah but you know and almost all the successful restaurants that I know the owners are there yeah but you know it's I think balancing a life where you can have you know the best of both worlds mm -hmm. so um, we're working on all that yeah, yeah, for but sure. That's, like I said, that's exciting and a learning opportunity. And, and, you know, I hope people come for the experience. I mean, I know that I'm part of that, but I think also it's not about me, really. I mean, it's... It kind of is, it, though. It's, but it's, it, when we walk in the door, it's like we're walking into your brain. I mean, it feels yeah. a little bit like that. But I, I know what you mean. But right. there is a certain kind of confidence that you... When you put your name, Nate's on yeah. Marsh, out there, you know you <laughs> have to have... That was a good idea. You, of course it <laughs> no, was. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And it's we so love personal, it. but yeah, yeah. you have to have a certain level of confidence yeah. to do that, you know? Well, and now I, I guess I think my point is with that is, like, to your point, it's like I've got a local following, things like that, but people that don't live here that don't know oh, me that yes. come, right? Yes. I want them to experience the service, you know? I've got yes. most of the crew that's here has been here since opening day. That's awesome. Which I think to me that's even impressive, right? And then yeah. we've got Chef Libri's food, of course, which to me is like, you know, the best. Yeah. So good. So yeah. um that's I think my point is if, in the event that someone comes that doesn't personally know me, they'll still have that kind of same They totally will. You know, yeah. Yes, yeah. So um give a shout out to one of your favorite customers who's somebody that you really love i know you love all of them and and just in case you've never dined here i mean i i don't really know you all that well and you came up to our table that first night i actually think we we're sitting at this oh, yeah, table you were sitting right over there yes, yes we were yes. sitting over there good job wow you remember yeah and um i mean you were just you were from one mm -hmm. table to the next just very like warm familiar with everyone yes. which is not I mean, I love San Luis Obispo restaurants. I love our area. It's just not common that you see, you know, the head guy coming around to say hello to everybody. It's really special. Well, and I think that was part of it for me too, because I see, I don't see myself as that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just one of, one of the team members here. Yes, you yeah. know, of course the buck stops with me. But I don't yeah. ever want that energy to be what's on the floor. Well, I guess I, I should just say, yeah. you don't usually see anybody but the server yeah. coming around to say right. hello. I mean, it doesn't matter well, if it's head guy or what. But That's what I think is really special and really cool for me with this project is, yeah. I mean, without boasting, but sometimes like 79% of the people that are in here, I've known since I was either, you know, three years or younger yeah. or have known from Cal Poly or from high school or middle school or, mm. you know, my sister's you know, some of her students, parents, or whatever it may be, their neighbors. Mm -hmm. So that's like the power of, I think, this community, which for me felt really cool to be able to open a project here. Totally. Because I know that I couldn't do it like this anywhere else. Yeah. It has to be in San Luis. Yes. So two of my favorite customers, I have two. I think 
these might be close to home. So, but the two mm-hmm. that come to mind, Jerry Scott comes in frequently, who I love. He's yeah. the one that did all the art. Oh. And him and his wife are oh. just like frequent regulars, and they're amazing. Yeah. Super mellow. He did he, everything here. He did all. He did all the paintings. That's Jerry oh. Scott. He's a local artist. Gosh, and his clouds yep. yeah, are yeah. so That's, beautiful. Literally, that was a selling point. I, I mean, the clouds are some of my favorite of his of his yes. work. And his wife is very quirky, and she's just a bubble of energy. I love her, and he is just super chill and mellow. And orders the same thing every time. Yeah. And they're just they always bring. They have a really cute little Airbnb um, downtown, and they just always bring interesting guests and, mm-hmm. and friends, and always seem to have a really good time. How'd you find so, his work? Did you know him from he, way yeah, back? Yeah, he because he's a local artist, and my Emily's mom actually has a piece. Oh, I've always loved. It's a single cow, mm-hmm. um, and so I just have always kind of like loved. He's got a little bit of Western flair at heart too. Yes, he's a cartoonist by trade, so he does comic strips for newspapers. Um, I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't know. I, he's still very active in that role. Yeah, he's like the co-founder or whatever. But I'm and I know it's published in many newspapers still. Awesome. But, uh, this is kind of his passion work. Mm. So, I mean, that was like my third call. I said, I need artwork and seven pieces and in two months, can you do it? And he was like, <laughs> he no said, it problem. sounds like a great project, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And then my other favorite customer who is quite opposite of Jerry Scott would be Steve Roberts, the attorney next door. Yeah. Who is a hoot because he loves the bar. He loves the scene. Yeah. They always bring a very large group in and just have a great time. Like they are ones that are just... They're here for a good time, which I is so it. when they come in, I always know it's gonna be a good night. It yeah. is a good scene, and for they're sure. great. They're they're really really great. Both of them, I love. So, once more, I want to give love to a couple other podcast friends. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop. And visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Native Nine Wine is part of Ranchos de Onaveros, a Santa Maria winery that sponsors the Consumed podcast. Owner James Onaveros was on the podcast way back in its first season, but if you haven't listened to it, I think this recent blurb from Food and Wine magazine will give you some context on who James is. This is written by Jonathan Cristaldi. James Ray Onaveros is a name to put on your short list of must-watch vintners. A ninth-generation farmer who works lands established by his family in the early 1780s, Onaveros decided to plant vines on the property in 1997, after which he studied at Cal Poly, worked in Sonoma, and soaked up the secrets of the Pinot trade during visits to legendary Burgundy estates like Domaine du Jacques and Domaine de la Romane Conti. Today, winemaker Justin Woollett works with James to produce native nine wines, and they are destined to become commodities to stockpile. Out of this world aromatics of savory, wild herbs, leather, and tobacco leaf are complemented by red currants and juicy cherries, all lingering through a long mineral finish. Well, I, Jamie, can confirm that the wines really are that good. Let the stockpiling begin at RanchosDeOnaverosWines.com. How often does Libri change up the menu? We, that's a great question. Now that we're into our sixth month, month-ish 
uh, of operation. We are actually just getting ready to introduce some new items, mm-hmm. more of a spring mm-hmm. style menu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think initially we probably wanted to do more, but again, as a brand new business, I was a little bit wary and just, we, I wanted to get the legs up and running. You got to circle the wagons. Start. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So I think we're going to eventually will be more seasonal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if I would say even quarterly, but what, it's just kind of based on that's one thing that him and I are really passionate about is the local purveyors. So yeah. even here, produce wise, you know, most of our stuff is kind of just now getting reactivated with spring and summer yeah. and things like that. So in the winter, it's hard to get local local produce when a lot of them aren't even really growing you know so um i would say like i said we're about ready to launch so i would say every couple of months we'll probably change things up or get specials in like we just started brunch so now we've got a plethora of eggs so we're going to (laughs) introduce a a carbonara right right. so he can he's really adaptive in terms of um you know his passion of being really scratch driven yeah and you know obviously zero waste is really hard but we really don't waste yeah. nearly you know any he's always recycling and yeah. if it's not for a dish that we sell to our guests mm-hmm. it's for a family meal yeah you know so he's really great at at that which is good so yeah i think um once we get a little bit more just like i said kind of well it's only the, been since october yeah. like you said it's been seven it's still very months. very baby infant stages still so yeah i was trying to just kind of i think with respecting everyone just not try to like keep the staff around. I don't want to piss anybody off too early. No, right? no, 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 no. You don't want <laughs> to make them the run. menu now. Yeah. Right. Um, with regard to no waste, I mean, that's the gift of a really good professional chef, right? Is yeah. They've done it before. They know how to save, they know how to scrap and they know how to yeah. capitalize on all of that. Mm-hmm. And he's really incredible. Cause there's things that he's even taught me as you know, I'd work, like I said, I feel like I've got a lot of this experience here already, kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, incorporating in this, but he does things. I'm like, wait, what are you doing with that? And it's like, oh yeah, I do this because of, you know, whatever, knowing certain things that you can freeze that you can't, right? There's just certain things that- I know the things you can freeze. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or that they'll batch out, like from an efficiency standpoint, like he's very efficient when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Right? Because like making veal stock or things like that, which, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not like freezing bread. Yeah. Right? And so- um, he's just incredible. And I think he's got a lot of, uh, you know, his mentors and people who he worked with mm-hmm. really passionate about that. And I think that's where he got it from. Yeah, for so. sure. Who did your wine list? Did you choose yeah, everything? I created most of it. Yeah. Nicely done. Um, I mean, I definitely had help. Takes yeah. a dream to make the team. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. God. That was backwards. It takes the <laughs> team to make the dream. Can you edit that the right way, please? Um, I but I have it. a couple of really good near and dear friends that work in the industry Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them were really good at kind of cross-checking like no no yes yes well you have an international list too it's not just local wines well and it's primarily i would say actually 75 percent local yeah santa barbara to up to paso robles yeah and then um 25 percent i would say is import and it's primarily Mm -hmm. italian Mm -hmm. um and then within the 75% local, I would say we've got some of the old, you know, guards of Paso and yeah. Santa Barbara, Adelaida, things like that, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know, Alvin Petrina is on the list, which I love, my favorites. And then some of the newer, more contemporary up-and-coming Scar of the Sea, Lady of the yeah. Sunshine, right? Yeah. So oh. it's been fun. And for me, that was, again, it's like 
why this all made sense in the beginning. I mean, half the wine list on there, I joke, I was bullied into, right? I mean, I wasn't really, but it's like, I know them some way, somehow. <laughs> yeah. So it yes. really was easy. It was like, well, I know them. I know yeah. them. I know them. Let's, of course I want them. And they happen to be fantastic winemakers. Yeah. So there's so you know, many good people. There's so many good. Industry. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really was, I'm a little rusty on some of the wine stuff, mm-hmm. but it felt like really natural for me. Cause I, like I said, I kind of just knew the direction I wanted it. And then you kind of just, as a rule of elimination and you have help like you said you know that that goes a long way what's a best seller on your menu and what's a best seller of your cocktails bestseller wine Mm. or cocktail because you have signature cocktails definitely i would say our best-selling wine or one of them gosh i know there's so many it's not a massive list too that was really important for me yes i started with like my initial idea was like 30 to 40 wines. Of course, I had a list of like 60 to 70. Right. I was like, okay. Yeah. I really toned it down. But um, El Lugar, his Pinot, yeah. is, a, I think, a fan favorite. Yeah. He does a really good job. Colby is, uh, I know him through a way of his brother, oh. Daniel Parker King, DPK, yeah. who played soccer with my brother since they were little so again like a family connection elugar um probably lives around the corner from us right it's just Just slow this is how it is delicious delicious wine yeah um one of my personal favorites is the claiborne and churchill riesling i mean thank you i was just talking to somebody this morning about how that it is a classic and interestingly enough colby worked that's right he was winemaker at claiborne churchill for years before so it's all that makes sense. Of course, Desperata. Yeah. Galia is a really wonderful friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Herman Story makes really juicy. I mean, those are always... Knockouts. Not, yeah. yeah, totally. Like maybe literally, yeah. they're like 17 Literally, percent. yes. <laughs> when we say Nates are nowhere, right? It's like I take it to a new level of like, uh, yeah. Um, and then cocktail-wise, I think I'm a whiskey guy when yeah. it comes to that. I really love a good rye. So mm-hmm. I think our Manhattan is probably one of our top sellers or the mm-hmm. old-fashioned. Yeah. Those two. This really is a good. good place to drink whiskey. Yeah. Again, it's the classics. Yes. I really didn't want, especially like on a, a Friday afternoon, you know, you've got a crazy work week. Yeah. Like literally to come in and order a meatball in a Manhattan is just like, oh. what else? Do you know what I mean? Like what, you don't need to think about it. So you know exactly good. what you're getting and it's, it's good. Yeah. And this has been a long week too. Like you're, yeah. you're speaking my language <laughs> exactly. here. It's like, God, maybe tomorrow. I know a well, place also, you can come. You yeah. can bring your grandma, you know, and she'll be cool. I'm working on the noise. It might be a little loud. I've, I've got some feedback of the noise, really? but we are working on it. Yes, it gets, because oh. again, back to this kind of compartmentalized smaller rooms, mm. if you get 20 people in here, mm. it gets loud. Yeah. But grandmas do love it. Yes. I, this yes, is yes, a place yes, yes. that grandma can love. Five know. o'clock, grandmas love it. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but teenagers and like millennials, like the whole, it, yeah. it satisfies a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. It's been funny. a very, very fun Fun project, honestly. I don't know if I would change anything at this point. What do you see as, um, I think I already know the answer to this, but do you have like a goal to set for yourself? I'm guessing that you just met one goal, which was open brunch, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, I mean, I I would love this place to be open seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want this to really be kind of like an iconic staple place that people, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, have have you been to Nate's? You know, I think there's some places that I go to that's just like that. It's like our first stop. Yeah. And I think it has that feeling. It's like you're, if you're whether on vacation or you're coming back from vacation, it's got this homely feel. Mm. And I think there's only, you know, the classic places that do that, you know, it just has that, that, that feeling. So Madonna ulti- Inn, right? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like you just, there's no, there's, you just know exactly what you're walking into and exactly what you're getting. Mm. So I think for me, maybe not breakfast, 
but I think lunch and dinner, mm-hmm. you know, seven days a week would be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Brunch, I think, would be good. Another one of my inspiration pieces for this restaurant was Mission Ranch. Where's that? That's in um, Carmel. Oh, I Clint Eastwood's place. Oh, yes. You've probably heard and I, seen it. I've yes. actually been inside yes. it. Yes. Yeah, but it was ages Piano ago. bar. It's yeah. Like my, you know, my mom and I's favorite place when we go there. You know, I lived yeah. and worked in Salinas, and so I, for a short stint, I, worked, I lived in Carmel. But it's one of our favorite places to go. So there's another, high, like, high design matched with, like, a Western component. Well, Clint Eastwood, I mean, it's amazing. Right, exactly. But he's got, it's like a very old school piano bar. I mean, yes. they're singing, like, he's, the, the ladies and the guys that sing in there playing there, I mean, it's nothing really, it's not, fan, it's approachable. It's still not fancy or untouchable. Right. Right. But you get a really amazing feeling when you're there. Mm-hmm. And they've got a gorgeous patio with the sheep and, and all of that, but... You know, there. My point was that their brunch. Mm-hmm. If you have never been, you no. need to. You, I, we went for lunch. My actually, my mom, my very stylish uh, East Coast mother, took us there. I think it was for a vacation. We stopped in. It was one of those things where I think my parents taught me: if you can't afford dinner, yeah. go there for lunch, yeah. right? Like because you're well, going to pay I, half. I don't think it's even that crazy. I mean, their brunch. The, the point is with their brunch is it's a whole like talk. I mean, they've got prime rib. They have a whole yeah. omelet bar. They yeah. have. An incredible fruits. I mean, it's literally yeah. the next level brunch that you right. w- you would expect. There's a line on the door. I think they start at nine or ten. There's a two hour line on the door every Sunday. So places okay. like that, like I would love for it to just be kind of like a staple place. You know, I mm. in in talking with friends and family, I just wanted to be in the rotation. Yeah. Right. So it's not it like competition is good for everybody. Of course, I love that. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of room to go around, and you know, I think how we differentiate ourselves is again location and the vibe and yeah. the food and, and all of that. And so I just wanted to be in the mix. Yep. So yep, I'm yeah. hopeful that um, that's what we can do. Yeah, I would say you're for sure in the yeah. mix. Um, I ask everybody on here if it were the last day of your life and you were like, God, it's been a good run. I want to celebrate. What would you <laughs> eat? Yeah, but your face cracked. I was like, well, because it's not, this is really probably embarrassing, but it literally was like, I would, my last meal? Yes. Cheese pizza. Cheese pizza? I know. Why? Are you, what are you, Kevin McAllister? I don't know. I know, maybe. I mean, I've posed about him before. I just, there's something comforting about it. I'm always, I'm like, it's just one of my favorite. Whose cheese pizza do you like? Well, I wish Pizza Solo was still here. Pizza Solo, Solo, yes. They are not my favorites. I have, I love them all. What about palindromes? Do you remember palindromes? I do. I actually have, honestly, embarrassingly, I don't think I've ever had their pizza. Oh, it was so, so good. But it's a thin, you know, it's a thin crust. I think this is really like telling, and I'm so sorry. There's two reasons why I love it. One, because of this comfort aspect, but also the longevity of pizza. Oh, if I get it at like five, I can just kind of nibble my way through all night long. Yes, right. Oh my gosh, I had pizza, cold pizza for breakfast yesterday, and I loved it. It's not sad to me at all. It's, it's, uh, I say I have a, a, a pizza eating problem, but the good kind. Mm. So I don't know. I love Woodstocks. I get Woodstocks a lot. Yeah. I also love the crust of Village Host. So yes. it just depends on the mood I'm in. Yeah. But if I'm in like one of those little bit like just needing, you know, my blanket, it's my, blanket. It's my cheese pizza. So I think my last day would probably be cheese pizza. <laughs> yep. What do you want to drink with that? Oh gosh. Just a, a little crushed dry ice meat. with no. See, I'm like not an out. Al- it's not. Wouldn't be alcohol. Crushed ice, Coke, and a styrofoam mug. Oh yes. my gosh. Why is crushed ice it's so just, underrated? It literally that was like one of my second purchases here. You I have, have crushed ice we have here. We have a nugget machine. They call it nugget ice. Apparently, I know. 
but yeah, I, I, it's just, there's something it's about so it. Good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Oh, so, Nathan. I'm a simple guy. Beans yeah. and rice. You know, I don't like a lot of fancy stuff. I think that's also too telling the menu. It's like we got all like the, this kind of classics. It is. It's classic. Super yeah. Super over the top. So yeah. I know if Libby heard me say that, he'd be like, we don't have pizza and we don't have beans and rice. <laughs> so but it's not, <laughs> but when I ask that question, it's not like what off your own menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody ever answers right. something off their own yeah, menu. Yeah, 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 it's exactly. something from like, it elicits yep. an emotion, a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so lovely to speak with you oh, in this gosh, beautiful thank place. You. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Love it. That's another episode in the books for the Consumed Podcast, which is produced and edited by me, Jamie Lewis. Special thanks to Stefan and Elisa Geraldo of Geraldo Creative Studio for their beautiful video and photography work that's kind of sprucing up my Instagram feed at Jamie C. Lewis, as well as on the website, letsgetconsumed.com. And thank you listeners, as always, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis. Oh,